The Packers have a new quarterbacks coach, and it's one of Aaron Rodgers' old friends. Plus, the Packers have some decisions to make on free agents already. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Really Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski. And I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked on Packers their first listen of the day. We hope you like spending your day, starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. A couple things to get to before we get to your mailbag questions. We will we will get to those at the end of the show because we have some news. We have some deadlines. And so let's start the show with that. The Packers, they make a quarterback coach hire. Tom Clements, former Packers quarterback coach and offensive coordinator, one-time play caller, is going to be the quarterback's coach for the Green Bay Packers. He is most recently of the Arizona Cardinals. He was with the Cardinals with Cliff Kingsbury um, and was previously retired, uh, did not coach last season in the NFL. The Packers are bringing him out of retirement. Before we get to the... What does it all mean? The Aaron Rodgers of it all. Uh, let's just assess the hire because regardless of what happens with the quarterback position, Tom Clements is going to be your quarterback's coach. You pull him out of retirement. You assume that is happening for a reason. Again, let's put that aside for the moment. This is a coach who has deep, deep roots in the Green Bay Packers. And has a long-standing relationship with Aaron Rodgers. Was a big part of the Mike McCarthy era Packers. This is the prodigal son returning in a lot of ways. And, and he was on the Packers staff for a decade. He gets there in 2006. Does not leave until 2016. Starts off as the quarterback's coach. He was the quarterback's coach first for Brett Favre. In 06, 07, then 8 through 11, he's the quarterback's coach. It is that 11 season that gets Joe Philbin hired in Miami. Clements is elevated to offensive coordinator. In 2014, following the debacle of the NFC Championship game, Mike McCarthy says, I need to step away from play calling in part because a number of Really boneheaded decisions at the goal line for Green Bay. Some conservative play calling in in really that entire Seahawks game led Mike McCarthy to believe the best thing for him was to hand the play calling reins over to someone else and allow him to make the sort of big picture decisions that he felt as a head coach he needed to be making. 
2015, Jordy Nelson tears his ACL. Devontae Adams gets hurt. Eddie Lacy is going through, you know, a, a slew of physical and mental issues that led to him not being at peak physical performance. Um, and, and we don't need to get into that. People who were there, you remember what the deal was. Um, and so that off that was the worst offense of the Aaron Rodgers era. It's the worst season Aaron Rodgers has ever had. And after starting six and oh. They finished the season four and six. We all remember the Denver Broncos game, the single worst game I've ever seen Aaron Rodgers play. And that was Aaron Rodgers at what we thought was his physical peak. And the Broncos just absolutely manhandled them. They started out six and oh. Six and oh, averaging 27 points a game. Rodgers was brilliant against the Chiefs in a game they scored 38. And then the bye week happened and that's when the wheels started to fall off. Devontae played most of that season hurt but when that team was healthy with James Jones and Randall Cobb and, and Devontae Adams early in the year, they were good. That was a good team. That was a good offense. And ultimately, they succumbed to injuries. They succumbed to um, what I think was mismanagement. And it's not like Mike McCarthy, when he took play calling back in 2016, was really any better. He wasn't. He was the same guy he had been. Uh, it was Rodgers in the second half of that season who pulled that season out of his butt. They run the table and go on this miraculous run in the playoffs. You get a couple playoff wins, the, the Cowboys signature win. Uh, but then after the 2016 season, they lose in the NFC Championship game. And Tom Clements is no longer retained. You know, the Packers made it seem like, oh, well, his contract is up. And so he's going to pursue other uh, opportunities. He did not pursue any other opportunities for three years before he went to Arizona in 2019 with Cliff Kingsbury, 2020. And then he retired, did not coach last year. And so uh, this is uh, an interesting move. Now let's get to the Aaron Rodgers of it all. This is a move that the Green Bay Packers make. Because Aaron Rodgers says, this is who I want. Period. Period. Matt LaFleur does not have a connection to uh, Tom Clements. The connection to Tom Clements is Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers wanted Tom Clements, and that's why he is going to coach the quarterbacks this season. Now, Tom Clements has a history of, of, of good Quarterback coaching. Early Kyler, that's real. Early Roethlisberger, that's real. And of course, early Rodgers, late career Brett Favre. You hope those experiences, tied with especially the late the late career Favre stuff, puts him in a position to and have the gravitas to make sure that Aaron Rodgers is getting what he needs and wants, and maybe some things that he doesn't want in terms of what he needs to hear in these moments. This is done, I don't think to woo Aaron Rodgers, but to uh, uh, appease Aaron Rodgers, to say, okay, this is what you want. This is the guy you want to be your coach. Here it is. Remember, 2019, Tom Clements is not there. Aaron Rodgers says, on the record, I want to be coached. And it seemed at the time to be a shot at Mike McCarthy, who didn't seem like he was really coaching him. Maybe Tom Clements, especially at 68, will turn 69 this summer. Nice. Could be that kind of coach. 
to give Aaron Rodgers the words that he needs to hear, not that he necessarily wants to hear. You would hope that that's what you're getting. Again, this is not a move you make because you think it will convince Rodgers to come back. You make this move because it's what Rodgers asked for. And if that is the case, let's operate under that assumption. If that is the case, Aaron Rodgers has praised Tom Clements in the past at length over the years. A a tremendous amount of respect goes both ways in that relationship. Aaron Rodgers is not bringing Tom Clements out of retirement to have him coach Jordan Love. That is just baseline, point blank. Aaron Rodgers does not make this request as a whim and play with the career of a a soon-to-be 69-year-old coach that he really, really likes. Now, maybe, you know, if you want to go full conspiracy theory on this and you really want to go, it's always sunny, you know, in front of the board there. Um, it's Clements wanted to get back into coaching and, you know, no one was willing to give him a chance. And so Rogers is giving him that chance and he might still ask out all that stuff. But like, come on, come on. How much more writing needs to be on the wall before you start taking a look and actually reading what it says? Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Football might be over this season, but basketball in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all your latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next coach fired is going to land, Bet Online is your number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Bet Online remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. Bet Online, it's got hockey, boxing, UFC, Olympic coverage, still plenty of Olympics to bet on as well. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. Bet online where the game starts. So there is this deadline that the Packers are rapidly pushing up against. So the the tender window for the franchise tag starts February 22nd. And then you have two weeks basically to get those guys signed. Before that, you have to figure out what you're going to do with players for whom you have created void years. For the Packers, that is four key players. Now, key being key in terms of their void year monies, not necessarily key players on this team. Those players, and this is something I I had intended to talk about uh, earlier in the week, and we just we we uh, we didn't get a chance to do it, and I had the fake trades thing, and we just anyway, not the point. Um, I mentioned this on Twitter. It'd be really nice to know what your quarterback is doing when you're trying to make these decisions, because in the case of someone like Kevin King, it it would actually be cheaper. We've talked about this before to extend him rather than let the void years kick in because if the void years kick in it's three million dollars on the cap and dead money that you got to eat for him not to be on the team if you extend him and make those those years essentially real you can save money on the cap and he can actually give you whatever special teams dime safety 
reps that he was playing last year. And, and he can actually be a contributing useful player rather than just a pull on your salary cap. Big Bob Tunyon is $1.88 million in dead money if, if they don't have an extension. And if you're, if you're Big Bob, why wouldn't you say, let's, let's create something here where at least for this season, I'm coming back at this, at this number, whatever number, pick a number, and it's going to be a low number. And it's a prove-it deal because the best opportunity for me to get paid is to be in Green Bay next year when I'm healthy with Aaron Rodgers and to try and run this back and then I'll I'll get paid next offseason. It's, it's hard to argue there's a better scenario where the Packers are going to say, if Tanyan is healthy, he's going to be the guy. If Tanyan is healthy by camp, and that's a big if, but if Tanyan is healthy by training camp or by week one, he's going to be the starter. He's going to be your, your pass-catching tight end. So that means plenty of opportunities to catch passes, to create yards and stats and touchdowns and all the things you need to get paid. It would make sense for Green Bay to, and for Tanyan, that's the key. It makes sense for both sides. In fact, in both of these cases, in King and Tanyan's case, it makes sense for both sides to say, let's work it out so you're on the team in 2022. Now, the other two, less money, but potentially more incentive to get it worked out. Shannon Sullivan and Devondre Campbell. Both of these guys, to me, are directly related to what is happening with Aaron Rodgers. Because if Aaron Rodgers is going to come back, or if Aaron Rodgers is going to be traded, you need to know what that money situation is is looking like for someone like Russell Douglas. Because if you think you have a chance to bring back Russell Douglas... You can probably just let Shannon Sullivan go because between Eric Stokes, Douglas, and Jair Alexander, you've got it covered. You've got Shamar Jean Charles, and you can you can draft someone on day three to give you some some depth and whatever you need. But you've got your your top three locked up. You've got multiple players who can play that star role, and you figure the rest out. And you don't worry about the void years on the Shannon Sullivan deal. You don't worry about eating that nine hundred seventy thousand. It's not a big deal. Now, Devondre Campbell. The money is not the problem. The extension is the problem. If you're going to pay him on an extension, why waste the money? Why waste the 800000 on your cap when you could be working out an extension? Now, the problem is you can't work out an extension with money you don't have. And so you need to be pretty confident that you can work out an extension and still have the financial flexibility you need elsewhere to make this all work. Now, Devondre Campbell, I assume, is a priority for the Packers. And I don't know that we can read too much into it. Let's say we get to the 20th. That's, that's a couple of days from now. I mean, that, this is coming up now, right? And we get a Devondre Campbell deal. I don't know how much that tells us about Aaron Rodgers because if he's being traded, you're clearing 20 million right off the bat. And if he's not being traded, you're clearing probably 15, 16. 
in a restructure or an extension or whatever, whatever mechanism they're going to use. If he's going to be signed, if the goal is to sign him no matter what, then you sign him no matter what. The flip side of this is in the grand scheme of things, 800,000, not a big deal. If you're going to give him, we talked about it yesterday, three years, 16, three years, 18, three years, 20, three years, even 24. 800,000 is... You know, it's not quite a rounding error in this case, but it's it's not a big difference. Now, on the cap, you might need that 800 grand, but in the scheme of a contract, it's not really that big a deal. Is now the bean counters? Disagree. Russ Ball is probably like, nah, we want that money, right? Uh, and and that's true. You you do you would like to have that money because you never know when you're going to need it. An extra 800,000. Could have been the difference between signing Odell Beckham Jr. and not. Could have been the, the difference between trading for um, Stephon Gilmore or not. And the Kevin King deal is what precluded, in, in this case, in fact, both of those from happening the way that they might have otherwise been able to happen. So just it's an it's an interesting predicament for the Packers to be in. I don't know that we need to read too much into it. It makes sense. And I will continue to advocate this as someone who is not the biggest Kevin King fan in the world as a boundary corner. He's no longer going to be a starting boundary corner. He can't hurt you anymore. I, I think it makes sense to extend him and, and let him play whatever backup role, special teams role that he is willing to play if he is willing to do that. And I, I would hope that at this point he's self-aware enough to understand that this is where he is in his career and this is who he is as an NFL player. In the case of Robert Tunyon, he, he's recovering from ACL. He might not even be able to work out for teams until June, July. And so doesn't it make sense for him to put together some sort of extension that's really a prove-it deal and maybe there's void years um, that, you, that still wind up in the deal and they hit the cap in a year or two or whatever it is and then you go out and you, you test the market after you get to play with Aaron Rodgers and you get to put up the stats. Is there a framework there that makes sense? And Devondre Campbell, I assume they're going to get some sort of deal done with Devondre Campbell. Do the Packers view that 800,000 as essential or do they view it as a, 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 a and just the cost of doing business? The cost of doing business with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams who are the big dominoes and then when you have the clarity with those guys, then you figure out the rest. I think that's a totally reasonable place to be coming from, by the way. But what do, what do the Packers think? That is something that we just don't know at this point. So that that could signal something to us, but it also could just mean that this is a player the Packers want to ultimately sign, and the Aaron Rodgers deal, whether he's traded or re-signed, is going to provide them with at least some financial flexibility. I think we'll hear about these moves ahead of time. We'll find out in the next couple days. You may you we may have heard about it by the time that you hear this. And maybe the Tom Clements hiring, maybe we'll have an emergency podcast with Pat McAfee and Aaron Rodgers will come on and it'll be it'll be um you know a a, a big love fest and it'll be great. And maybe you know the, the Monday it's it's Aaron Rodgers Monday and he he comes on and he says I'm coming back. It's going to be great. I can't wait. We're going to go chase the Super Bowl. 
And that gives Green Bay the chance and the financial flexibility because I, I think once, once he announces whatever has happened, I think they'll have already figured the thing out. It's not going to, we're not going to get the announcement, hey, Rodgers is coming back. Now they have to figure out the contract. When we found out Aaron Rodgers was showing up at training camp, we immediately got the report. They've reworked the contract. And that all happened in, in you know, the under, under cloak of darkness. We didn't hear about those negotiations until Rodgers was showing up in Green Bay and the negotiations were essentially hammered out. So my assumption is when we hear it, we will get the announcement, Aaron Rodgers to return to Green Bay Packers on blank extension with blank void years at blank money. That's going to be the announcement and that's going to make it much easier for us to go, okay, and that means this for Big Bob Tunyon, Kevin King, Shannon Sullivan, Devontae Campbell. I expect us to hear, I frankly expect us to hear before all of this happens. And at the very least, I think we could see a Campbell deal or a King extension before that. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. I had one today. In fact, I had a late lunch. I was starving and I needed something that tastes good. You know that, that feeling when you're really, really hungry, but you know if you just eat junk, you're going to feel bad about it. And I don't mean just mentally, I mean physically. Like your, your stomach needs fuel. Your body needs sustenance. That's what Built Bar can give you in an absolutely delicious packaging because they're all covered in 100% chocolate. You get flavors like mint chocolate, like peanut butter brownie, like uh, coconut brownie. That's my favorite. And double chocolate is the OG to me. I love that. The 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 texture is great. That's that's one of the differences with Built Bar is the texture is so much better than, than 98, 99, 100% of the Built Bars, or excuse me, of the other bars that are out there. And that's why I love them. It's why I prioritize them. You can get the puff right now, which is, which is this is true, protein infused marshmallow. Like, come on protein infused marshmallow. What more could I have to tell you? I mean, come on, protein infused marshmallow. What are we doing here? This is, this is like Jetson stuff. This is crazy. I don't know how they do it. And yet they taste delicious, low in calories, high in protein, high in fiber, low in sugar, and low in net carb. Seriously. If you don't believe me, check it out for yourself. Go to built.com and use the promo code locks 15 for 15% off. That's promo code locks 15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, let's get to your questions. We have plenty of time to get to a couple of these. Austin Kelly says, hey, Peter, I heard you were doing a mailbag. So here is my question. I have a hard time believing the Packers will win another Super Bowl. They have struggled time and time again to win with this Super Bowl roster. Do you think they can win with Rodgers? If so, what do they need to add for this team to get over the hump? Thanks, Peter. Here. Here's basically what Austin is saying. Why is this going to be different? Why is this team going to be different? And what do they need to do to make it different? And my answer is, we don't have any reason to believe it's going to be different. <laughs> but they don't. I don't think they need to add anything. That is the beauty of this roster. If they maintain, if they're able to bring back you know, their core, 
as we've said on this show many times, if they have to move on from Billy Turner, they have a ready-made solution. If they have to move on from Zadaria Smith, they have a ready-made solution. If they have to move on from Shannon Sullivan, they have solutions to the problems. Now, the question becomes, what kind of financial flexibility are you going to get if Rodgers comes back? What kind of assets are you going to get if Rodgers moves on? I assume this question, and he says, do you think we can win with Rodgers? If we assume Rodgers is coming back and Devontae Adams is coming back, and I think if we assume the former, we can assume the latter. Then you go, well, they've been one of the best teams every year in the Matt LaFleur era. They've been in the NFC Championship games twice in three years. They've been the number one seed twice in three years. They've been a top two seed all three years. Matt LaFleur has never played on opening weekend of the NFL playoffs. And I don't think that that is somehow a knock that, oh, they weren't ready to play because of, no, no, no. They were ready to play the last two divisional rounds. They got beat by the 49ers. So why is it different? Well, um, Tom Brady retired for, for now. <laughs> uh, I, the Rams are just not going to be as good. They're not going to be able to keep all of these pieces together. And who else scares you? The 49ers are trading Jimmy Garoppolo. Trey Lance is probably not going to be ready to lead them to a Super Bowl championship in year one as a starter. And the NFC East, like the the, the, the Cowboys, scary. The, the NFC North is going to be a disaster. The Saints lose Sean Payton. The Seahawks are in disarray. They may lose Russell Wilson. Um, I don't know why you'd be afraid of the Cardinals who are feuding with their star quarterback right now. So who's going to beat them, I guess, is the question. The Packers were better than the Rams last year. They proved it in a game that they were up two scores for basically the entire contest. And if the 49ers are not going to be as good and the Bucs are not going to be as good, even close probably, even a trade for a Jimmy Garoppolo or a Kirk Cousins or one of those guys, they're, they're significantly worse than they were with Tom Brady. Unless Tom Brady comes out of retirement and goes and plays in San Francisco, then you probably are really, really concerned about how that looks. This is still one of the two best teams, three best teams in the NFC. You win a Super Bowl by consistently being in contention. You give yourself the best chance to win by consistently being in contention. The other stuff, teams that that win one time and don't go back for 10 years like the Bucs, that's fluky. That's lucky. Now, th th those Bucs teams were constantly in the mix, so it's a little different. But I think this Bucs team, this, this past title, is going to look lucky in the grand scheme of things because I don't think this team is going to compete again for a while. And, you know, the, the Giants, the 07 Super Bowl looks pretty lucky. Now, they won a couple years later. After that, they were terrible. The, the Eagles, oh, my God. Talk about a lucky Super Bowl team. The, the Ravens were always in the mix. That was not luck. They had a heater with Joe Flacco, but they were always in the playoffs. They were in the playoffs every year. That Eagles team, that was lucky. The Colts. Peyton Manning, constantly in it, constantly in it, constantly in it, constantly in it. They only went to the, 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 well, they never won with Peyton until finally they did. Guess what? Finally they did. They couldn't win in the playoffs until they did. Peyton Manning, a choker in the postseason until he won, and then he won twice. John Elway, a choker until he won. Well, he was clutch, and then he was a choker, and then he won. Could be similar narrative for Aaron Rodgers. Just something to think about in all of this. Uh, Wendell Ferreira, 
longtime listener and fan. Uh, you recorded a fake trades podcast, but there's one fake trade left. What can the Packers get for Jordan Love? The Packers aren't trading Jordan Love. But let's, for the sake of argument, say they are. The Steelers would call, and I would assume, I, I mean, day two pick. I, I, he, he's still close enough to his draft day that Green Bay is not going to give him up unless Aaron Rodgers says, you have to trade him. I don't see that happening. And he's close enough to his draft day that anyone trading for him has a high enough opinion of him that they're going to have to give up some assets. The Packers have a high enough opinion of him to trade up in the first round to get him. They're not going to just give him away. It's got to be, we're talking day two pick. We're talking second round, high third round pick. That's that's the that's the floor. That's the floor. Or you're not trading him. You're letting it ride. There's no reason to trade him if you're getting a day three pick out of it. No reason. You might as well let him reach the end of his contract, let him walk and see if a team signs him to be a starter and you get a comp pick because you could get a third round comp pick for him. Some team overpays him. Some team gives him like the Matt Flynn deal or or whatever the modern equivalent of that is. You get a comp pick for him. I'm not, you're not just going to give away Jordan Love. That's the reality. All right, last one. Dale on Twitter asking, do you see Adam Stenovich taking over as OC, shifting the offense to be more run heavy? And do you think if that's the case, do you see Green Bay snagging a true fullback? Hope this gets featured tomorrow and join the podcast. Dale, here we are, my guy. You're here. You made it. You're featured on the podcast. Um, no, full fullbacks are dead. And they're not. It's a little unfair. Kyle Juszczyk is still alive. But the John Kuhn era is over. And I don't I don't see Matt LaFleur wanting to play with a player like that. Now, uh, the more players who can do it all, the more players who can block and run and pass and catch, maybe not pass, and catch, you know, the George Kittles. That's the platonic ideal of a tight end, someone who can block his ass off and who can run routes and who is great after the catch. That's what you want in a tight end. Someone that can be a lead blocker. If you want to run power, you want to run gap. Someone who can hold up at the point of attack. But these, you're not running, you know, halfback leads where you need a fullback coming through the hole and blowing someone up. I mean, this is not William Henderson and Edgar Bennett anymore. This is this is just not that kind of league anymore. The Packers are going to be looking for versatile bigs in this draft and beyond. In the entire Matt LaFleur era, they're going to be looking at tight ends basically every year. Who can you bring in that gives you the chance to play big? That can, You can play in 12. You can play in 13. <laughs> I mean, 13. <laughs> the Packers have done some interesting th- things over the years. <laughs> uh, Matt LaFleur went empty out of 13. Three tight ends on the field went empty. Just, just to give the defense a different look. You, you want to play base against 13 personnel? Cool. Here's all of the tight ends split out, and now your linebackers have to cover them one-on-one. There are guys in this draft I really like at tight end. If you're going to w- rework a Tunyon deal, you've got Mercedes Lewis, who we assume is coming back. You've got Josiah DeGuar. Maybe you get some sort of developmental guy, you know, Tunyon insurance, DeGuar insurance. But I think they're going to they're gonna let DeGuar develop. And I, I think you're going to see this team continue to try and play big and invest that way. But I, I don't see a true fullback. An H-back maybe on day three, especially because that can be useful on special teams. You look at someone like Alec Ingold in in uh, Las Vegas. Uh, 
was a, a special teamer as well as an offensive player, not a huge offensive player, but someone that can basically play on all of the teams. That is a useful player. Someone like Rick Bisaccia might be um, advocating for that. Rich is his name, not Rick. And uh, so I, I don't think it's crazy, but I don't think you, you should expect this, this offense to move to a run-heavy format, especially if Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback. And I don't think the fullback suddenly becomes, even the 49ers don't use Kyle Juszczyk that much in um, in really any any circumstance. I mean, he's he's on the field plenty, but in terms of as a lead blocker, I think that his utility there is maybe a little overstated. And I think as a receiver, his utility is a little overstated. He doesn't get that many targets. They use him in high leverage moments, not unlike John Kuhn. Um, the Packers were not running a bunch of power with John Kuhn either. It was he was a pass protector. He was he was in there to run little screens. He was in there to run fullback gives. He was in there on you know full house play action plays. Uh, that's not crazy to me, but I think they now they would use a tight end for those kinds of things. And and again, don't be surprised if they invest there. I just don't think it's going to be in a true fullback. We have reached fullback question part of the offseason, which means uh, we are in full offseason mode already. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to get, hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that. 920-341-3775. Stay Locked on Packers.